faded friends it has been a minute how is everybody thank you for all the patience uh the start of 21 has been nuts uh life happens uh there's tons going on the world is coming back to normal slowly thank god um, I am now married. I have moved. Um, Chris is hopping around the country uh, with work and um, friendships and tasks. Uh, all in all, hope everybody's doing well. Episode 27, uh, I say this every time, I'm going to say it again, is a very special one. Uh, we wanted to absolutely make sure to record an episode this week. Uh, in celebration, and yes, I will say that, of Chris's 10-year anniversary of sobriety, uh, which happens on March 27th. We'll always love that date, um, which is Saturday. So for those of you listening in, you'll hear this Friday, um, and Saturday will be his anniversary. 10 years is a really long time. Uh, Chris and I get into this conversation about what it means to him, how he feels about 10 years, um, which might be a little different than what you expect. Definitely excited for you to listen in, hear his perspective, hear our discussion. Uh, we reminisce just a little bit back on the past. I know we've told his story. We've gone um, pretty deep into some of the details around not only um, his story, but uh, the perspectives of each of us as family members. Um, but we go a little deeper. We talk about his influences. Um, we talk a little bit about Chris's proudest moments, um, his advice to himself 10 years ago as a 20-year-old versus uh, knowing what he knows now as a 30-year-old. Uh, and then he just, you know, again, reflects back on um, what his sobriety and recovery has meant to him, um, how it's helped to shape who he is now um, and the impact that he knows it makes for him to continue on uh, this conversation and awareness uh, of, of this disease. It affects so many people. And as you'll hear in the episode, uh, the purpose of sharing this milestone is not so that we can talk for an hour about Chris. And I really hope everybody feels that and understands that and that that is portrayed in the way we, we talk about this. Um, for me as a sister... Of course, 10 years of recovery and sobriety for my brother, um, I'm going to scream that from the rooftops. Uh, but if, if we really um, get down to it, the purpose of us doing this podcast and having this conversation with all of you and being this open with a very private matter um, in most cases and in, in what has been traditionally private um, as a disease is so that we can help anybody uh, that needs it. And as you'll hear Chris say in the episode, his, his focus on Saturday and in saying, I am now 10 years sober is going to be so much more about hoping that somebody sees that post or hears him say that out loud, um, than it is about him, um, and his life. So, uh, anyway, I I'm so excited, um, to be back with you and we certainly promise to, to try and keep this up as best we can as we move forward. But thank you again for the patience. Please enjoy the episode. Thank you for listening. Um, and until next time, I hope all is well. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yes. Good, good, good. 
Well, it's yeah. been a while since um, you and I have just chatted, but I feel like that's fitting for this episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. So I know it's been uh, it's been a, a slower start for us to 2021 um, in recording this, but you know, because life is happening and we do the best we can. But um, I'm so pumped to have it just be you and me um, for episode 27. And I've done a that's ton- my hockey number. That's your. That. Are you serious? Yeah, it's my hockey number. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like there it is. Oh my gosh! I love that. Well, and my sobriety date is the 27th. That's that crazy. is. Oh my, God. we did not plan this folks. We did not plan this, promise. And, uh, oh my gosh, that just made me smile. That's awesome. And in fact, um, we are recording this on a Wednesday. What day is it? Wednesday, but for great purpose. And I think it's uh, it's gonna be a fun one to, to look back on. I've done a lot of my own um, reminiscing this week, um, just realizing that Saturday you are 10 years sober and we can talk about what that means, um, about the perception of that, um, you know, to you versus maybe others and all that. But I don't know. I'll be I'll be the first to say congratulations, whether you love hearing that or not. But I just think uh, you've come a really long way. Everybody has, but I cannot believe that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's weird. It's it's a big. I mean, that is that's a big milestone just for anything, right? Like ten years is a long time, and so much has happened in 10 years. Yeah, it's a decade. Yeah, it's a decade. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's awesome. So what I figured we could do uh, today is just flashback a bit, if you don't mind, on um, where you were 10 years ago. I mean, I think if 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 I recall correctly, um, we've told your story. We've, we've gone into all these details and really dug into, you know, what it meant and where you were. But have you at least this week considered any of that like have you have you thought back on you know the fact that literally 10 years ago today you were in the worst place of your life right like yeah um you're in a bad spot (laughs) yeah I I don't think I've done much reflecting I was in a, a meeting last night with Bubba and some other people and I kind of was thinking about like when you go to meetings they they kind of make you think about that kind of stuff a little bit more just because you're kind of forced to not for for good or for worse it just kind of naturally happens and the thing that I just thought of when you brought it up was Matt Burris actually because and shout out Matt Burris I hope when he listens to this I hope he gets excited because he is someone who's not in recovery never been in recovery just been a friend of mine for a long time and I remember it was before I went to um, detox and so it was probably like, it was probably like today, 10 years ago. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I think, cause I was like at home trying to figure things out for a few, uh, a few days before I actually went into detox. But Matt and I went to a parking garage that we used to skateboard in a long time ago. And like, we went and skateboarded and like, I had no energy. I remember that specifically just zero energy and was just like detoxing and feeling like crap. And, and, uh, I remember we drove around and we just drove around his neighborhood and he looked at me and this was after being in treatment two times prior and just knowing, knowing in my deepest heart of hearts that I was going to get high and drunk again, because I, I didn't think it was going to work. Yeah. Um, he looked at me and he was like, you know, what's so cool about all this? He was like, you never have to feel this way ever again, ever. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like that's, that's kind of powerful to look back on and be like, I haven't felt that way since. I don't know. I mean, we've already talked about the, how, how our family handled the situation and, and uh, something that happened yesterday, which was pretty cool. I was actually thinking about this. I just, Jess and I just walked up from, we were laying in a hammock for like um, an hour, just kind of like laying there or whatever. And it was, uh, it was kind of cool. Cause I was thinking about like, what are we going to talk about on the podcast? And, and I was like, what is like the most, proud moment that I've had since I I got sober like what am I most proud of because it is weird when you hear people say like congratulations on being sober it's like I don't really know how to respond to that I'm like I'm sober like good for me you know what I mean I'm not doing I'm not doing heroin anymore like yeah yeah but but it, it really it really is a big deal and and I don't look at it lightly it's just it is very strange when you hear people congratulate you because you don't I personally don't really know what to say or how to like react to it. I'm just like, Oh, thank you so much. It's very cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, so I think it was yesterday. It was either yesterday or the day before mom reached out to me and you know, mom and dad and you and Megan and everyone like friends, family, they've all been so proud. And so like, it's affected them so greatly. And like, I, I've always, I'm always like, you know, when mom and dad and you and Megan and they're like, Oh my God, like you've been sober for this long. Like, we're so proud of you. I'm like, I'm so happy that you guys are so proud, but I also, it kind of is the same thing where I'm like, I don't really know how to, I don't really, I just need to, I need to do it regardless. You know what I mean? And yeah, mom yesterday said, and I never knew this, but she played in a golf tournament. I think it was two days ago. And she, she was so happy when she called me and she was like, how are you doing? You know, and she was like, I just wanted to let you know that I, um, every year I play in this tournament and I write the number 327 on my golf ball. So that way, every time I look down at the ball, I think about you and I think about your accomplishments and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And she was like, and I won the tournament on the 14th hole. And really? she sounded so, yeah, congrats, mom. And she sounded so happy and I think that's when it kind of really like hit me the hardest and mom doesn't know this yet, but I'll tell her and she'll hear this. I haven't felt that proud since I got sober since the day she told me I had integrity, which was the first time I had ever even heard that word, which was when I was nine months sober. But when she told me that story yesterday, I realized how much good this has done for for her life and for so many other people's lives that it kind of like it kind of reminded me of like it's not really like oh everyone's so proud of me they're just proud of like somebody being able to combat one of the most deadly diseases out there right now you know and that was a pretty cool feeling I've thought about that a lot today well and I think you know what I think it's a really fair point because you know, you've, you've explained that it's not, I mean, your drug addiction was rooted not in positive things for so long. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. it's when we all are just like filled with joy to celebrate a 10 year milestone with you, it's because, and we've talked about this on the podcast so many times before, this really is a family disease and, and it's, 
I think that the 10 year milestone is not just about what you've come through, but it's because of what you've gone through, reflecting back on how it has truly affected every single person around you, whether directly or indirectly, and, and whether you know it or not, um, it's made everybody better. And, and so our excitement for you is it stems from being proud of you for finding a way to help yourself um, and, you know, being brave enough and strong enough to uh, find those very few moments where you said, Hey, maybe I can't do this on my own. And then, um, and then growing as a human being to where you are, you have this purpose, right. That is mm -hmm. so much bigger than you, um, that you've then carried and continued and used to make others better. And, and that's where the pride comes in. It's, um, it's huge and deep and awesome. And, and I think, you know, 10 years of learning about something that we certainly didn't know anything about before, um, or very little is what it's about. Uh, I, I actually found it's funny just by chance. Uh, I found a photo of uh, a FaceTime. I think that, that you and I had, I'm sure mom, I, I don't even remember what it was from, but you were in Texas. It was before you came back, um, the first time around, uh, once you were sober and, um, and it made me smile. It was, you had your shaved head and, uh, and you're just smiling. And, and, uh, I, I came across it, um, again, by chance the other day. And I, I, it started this kind of really interesting reflection. And then, um, as I was going through some other things and, and again, for no purpose other than I was bored and just kind of <laughs> scrolling through old things. Um, I, I also found another picture that I had never seen before of, and I, I can't recall the timing of it, but it was you, me and Stu. And mm. I just, you know, I, it, it, flash me back. And for those listening, um, cause I don't know that we've talked about this, but Stuart Scott, our dear friend, um, was somebody that, uh, you know, he and his family were, and are still very close to ours. And, um, you know, there's certain people throughout life that you come across that just happen to become a really big part of your story, whether you mean for it to or not. And, and I think, you know, seeing the first photo where you were, finally in a place where it felt like you were recovering and, and on the right path, um, in Texas via that, you know, FaceTime image, and then seeing the one with Stu, I just two images mm. that I came across by chance. I just, it, it made me smile. And I think like, you know, then I further reminisced and I was watching home videos and some other stuff just about what the journey of the last, not even just 10 years. I mean, your whole life has meant, and, um, it's been, it's been, awesome and scary and all the things you can say. But um, anyways, I just wanted to share that too, because it, it was no, no coincidence that those popped up. <laughs> yeah, I missed you. I know. No kidding. Well, tell me, I mean, you know, th that was another question I had for you today is I think, you know, th there's been, there've been meaningful moments and meaningful people in your life um, and in your journey. Can you talk just a little bit, you know, in reflection back on, you know, the people that stand out to you as, pretty solid influences on your journey. Um, maybe not just in recovery, but also, you know, in, in your life and in trying to navigate the world of addiction, um, as you're going through it. I mean, can you just name a couple of people that come to mind as you reflect back on 10 years? 
Yeah, I mean, Stewart's definitely one of the first ones I think of because every time him and I sat down, it was just real. You know what I mean? I mean, you know how him and Susan and Cynthia and Stephen are like they their whole family. It's like you aren't going to have a conversation with them unless it's real. And I remember talking to him about, you know, difficult things and happy things and yada, yada, yada. And I always remember kind of like looking up to him and wanting to radiate a room like he does. And aside from everyone in our family, because we've talked about them, you know, on, on every episode, our family, it goes without being said, they've all been amazing. I think my, my Reed, Reed Martin, definitely. uh, He introduced me to um, a solution as opposed to a, how do you, how do I want to explain this? Reed Martin, when I, when I first, when I tried to get sober for the second time, introduced me to this way of life in, in a form of a solution and a happy solution, as opposed to a um, dreaded, long lasting, boring life, which is kind of something that a lot of people I've noticed struggle with when they first try to get sober or try to get sober multiple times. It's like the first thing that they think of is like, God, am I going to, am I going to live a life that's boring and glum? And it talks about that in in this program. Like, am I going to be consigned to a life that's boring and glum? And um, especially, I mean, I got sober when I was 20 years old. So you think about a 20 year old getting sober. I mean, you're literally telling someone they can never drink again for the rest of their lives. And they're not even allowed, they're not even legally able to drink yet. And that can be really hard on people. And for someone to carry a message of depth and weight that can move you and, and help you really understand that your life is going to be so much greater than just just not drinking ever again it, it's it was really important for me and and that all stems back to who my sponsor is now who you know chris he was on a, a one of the previous episodes i like anyone who kind of stepped out of the norm and and regardless of what others are saying they're supposed to say or not because there are a lot of people out there that will say like you're not supposed to say that because that's not the way that it's supposed to be done or mm-hmm. you're saying that out of ego. So you shouldn't say it. And a lot of the time, like, you know, I can say certain things and people will be like, well, you're approaching it from an egotistical standpoint. And it's not even remotely close to that. It's, it's genuine passion and care and, and excitement. Like for people who kind of stepped away from the norm and, and took a chance to be able to ruffle some feathers and, and be real about something yeah. Um, that all of those people, and there is a list of, of tons of people that have done it through time. Um, I, I, they saved my life. The big book thumpers that, that took a, a step out and, and got real, they saved my life. Uh, Robbie Privet and Marty, mm. um, are two people. Robbie Privet was my hockey coach growing up. He was like a second father figure to me. Uh, Marty is his son. He's still one of my best friends in the entire world. Robbie used to come uh, visit me in treatment in Greensboro every week because family was, um, you know, everyone was an hour away. And I think everyone was kind of like taking, taking the advice of the treatment facility and just saying like, let him have an experience. Robbie used to ride his motorcycle up to Greensboro every Thursday and sit down with me. And he would just pour love into my soul. And 
he gave me books that were uh, all about loving yourself. And, and, you know, he, uh, Marty's dad and Robbie's wife passed away when, when we were like 12 from, from cancer. And uh, Robbie took care of the three, three boys and raised three boys and coached hockey teams. And I remember, I think anyone that's ever met Robbie has, has definitely the same story as me, just without as much, I don't know, maybe not as much detail or whatever, but he made me feel like I was worth it. And that was something that, that I still carry with me. And I think about him, I think about him on a weekly basis, honestly. And he passed away when I was in treatment for the second time. And it was actually uh, like a day before he was supposed to come visit me. And I remember a counselor brought me into um, a room and, and they said, one of your, one of your dear friends has passed away. And uh, they said, Robbie. And I was like, Robbie. And, and she, they were like, yeah, Robbie Privet, like he was, you know, he was in a motorcycle accident and he passed away. And, and I, I, him passing away and Stuart passing away were, were, I've had a lot of friends die and a lot of people die in my life, especially mm-hmm. since I got sober. And those two moments were the most difficult feelings that I've ever come across in life. Uh, knowing that you wouldn't be able to talk to that person again and, and interact with that person again. And they uh, let me go to his funeral while I was in treatment. And, and um, I was like, I think I was like a week sober. And I got up and I shared some stories that I had with him. And I don't know, I think, I think Robbie definitely is one of those, one of those really positive ones aside from, aside from dad. I mean, them two were amazing father figures and, and uh, I don't know, I think Stuart, aside from mom, dad, you and Megan, I think Stuart and Robbie were two of the most impactful outside of the program. Yeah. Yeah. Just because of the level of understanding unspoken, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're taking two people that have never dealt with alcoholism or addiction personally and throwing them in a scenario to where they can empathize and want to just love you and, and share any care and empathy that they possibly can. And like, like remind you that you're worth it. You know, like, I don't think Stuart ever felt like he needed to do that with me, but he just did that anyways, because that's the type of family they are. And I feel like, I feel like, I mean, God, it's just, it's something that I want to be, you know? Yeah. And and that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in, in his case, he was, you know, battling his own, his own situation. And, um, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of the purpose of why we want to have this open discussion is that you have no idea what's going to come across you in life. Um, and you know, not only trying to understand it if, and when it happens, um, but, you know, finding your voice and, and, you know, your path out of it or around it, or, you know, to the end of it is, um, is part of life. And, and I think it's when you come across people that are influential and that, you know, uh, from the jump are, you know, going to be close to you. There's, there's nothing better than that. And I'm so appreciative mm-hmm. for all of the people you mentioned, just for the role that they played and, and still play in your life, you know? Yeah. It's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, talk about yourself 10 years ago. And, and I think probably earlier than 10 years ago, I think at this, like this day, 10 years ago, you were 
you know, at the point where we were almost there and almost to detox, if not at detox and, and getting you ready. So you kind of knew, but knowing, knowing what, you know, now this kind of cliche thing to say, like, what, what would you say to yourself from 10 years ago? Oh God. What would I literally say to myself? 20 year old Chris. <laughs> That's really heavy. I was, I was so lost and, and just didn't really know what to do in life or how to do it. I think I would say, honestly, this may sound really weird, but the first thing that came to my mind without any filter is you lucked out, man. Now do something with it. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Because so many people don't make it out of what I was in. Like when you're shooting up heroin and cocaine, like you don't really live very long. Yeah. And I think I would, as a reminder to be like, almost like to myself when I was 20 and to myself now, now that I'm 30, like, man, not many people get that opportunity or this opportunity still to this day. So like make the most of it, you know? And, and I know that might sound really weird, but I guess it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, I was talking about this with a buddy last night. I can be just as sick as I was when I was 20 years old now, spiritually, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and I've experienced that over, over 10 years, like you get stagnant and you get um, lazy and stop doing the disciplines that you're supposed to do. And it may sound really weird for some people, but like, I can be just as spiritually immature now as I was when I was asking people for money at a gas station to try to get $20 to get heroin, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and because I think that we can all be sick if we don't take care of ourselves, especially me. And, um, I think what I would tell myself is one that I'm so proud of, of who I was, even when I was 20, because I I didn't want to be a bad person. I wasn't a bad person. I was just sick, Mm -hmm. but also you're going to be okay and make sure that you don't ever forget the gift that you've been given because it really is a, a, the most powerful gift I could have, I could have ever been given. I mean, drugs and alcohol took me to my knees Mm -hmm. so many times in life to the point to where I was withering away as a human being. And now I own a business with one of my best friends. I'm in a healthy relationship. I have an amazing family. My mom calls me and tells me she writes my sobriety date on her golf ball and she won a (laughs) golf tournament. I'm still able to play. I went on a trip to Arizona last week. I've lived in Ireland, you know, like so many things have happened and shame on me if I don't try to show somebody else how to be able to live the same life when they're down and out like I was when I was 20. Yeah, absolutely. And is that that weird? Does that make any sense? It's (laughs) not weird and it makes perfect sense. And I think it's a very um, poignant, succinct answer. Like it's, because at the end of the day, um, you could give all the advice of the world, all the advice in the world, and um, probably, you know, what we would expect, you know, keep your head up and all that. But I just think it's it's honest and it's real. Um, on the flip side, cool. and another heavy question: What was your twenty-year-old self without any of this context of you know actual recovery and and you know the the way you were able to find? that worked for you, what was your 20 year old self yearning for? Like, what was, what were you feeling 
this day or this week, 10 years ago, if you remember? I just wanted to be happy without having to force myself to be happy. And I guess partly what I mean by that is I wanted to be happy without having to take something that changes my serotonin levels in my brain or have purpose. Like I, I was desperately looking for a sense of purpose in life. And I didn't, I didn't know that I was looking, you don't, you know, when you're 20 years old, you're not like, where is my purpose? And I need it. Like, I feel like that starts to kind of happen like in your mid twenties. That's what happened for me. And maybe it happened. It happens at different times for, for different people. But I, I, I really think I was yearning for a sense of purpose and a sense of, of like direction in life. And honestly, I finally found direction in what I like to call God, uh, which is really just like a sixth sense or like a new consciousness that I have to where I can make decisions in life and not be afraid of making those decisions because I know that I'm headed down the right path, even though I don't know what's going to happen before I kind of was just like, yeah, I was, I was, I was a, 20 year old kid just kind of like living day by day but I never really I never really had any direction and and I think that I didn't know this at the time but I think I was really looking for some direction and and for some some guidance and I have that guidance now and it's not through the form of a person you know right right yeah the spirituality piece and I've actually um through talking more about this and actually through talking to you know the people we've had on the podcast I've continued my own journey of spirituality, which I think everybody should do. Um, it's something I was even missing, um, for a while and I, and didn't realize it. So I just think it was a, a good reminder. And, and again, when we talk about how your journey has affected so much more than just you, like that's a perfect example is it, mm. it, you know, I was in it with you early 10 years ago, trying to help you. What I didn't realize was that, you know, on my side, I wasn't dealing with my own self, um, my own spirituality, mm. my own, um, way of, of staying strong and grounded and all that. Um, I was showing strength, but <laughs> sometimes that's, that's yeah. not what you need. You know, it's like, yeah, you can be a superhero until you forget to kind of retire at night and take the cape off. I just didn't do that. Um, and so, uh, Anyway, it, it's, it's such a powerful thing when you engage with it, um, being spirituality. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's pretty interesting to hear. I've, I don't think I've ever heard someone use the, the analogy or use the words, you know, being a hero at night and then like taking the cape off. Like when you finally can it, I feel like so many people, even, even myself, when I'm not like, this is why I say, you know, like when I'm not spiritually active and I'm not filling my cup with, with the spiritual uh, liquid that I need to fill it with. I, I will go to bed at night and some guy last night, some guy said last night, um, I gen he's been sober for a year and he was like, I genuinely look forward to going to bed at night so I can wake up and have a new day start over. And I was like, wow, man, man, like, how many people in the world go to bed hoping that they just don't wake up and, and go to bed or go to bed dreading the fact that they have to wake up and live the next day, like, like, and go through the, the painful 16 hours that they're going to be awake or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I've had, I've had times in, in 
recovery. I mean, like many times in recovery where I have felt where like, God, I just don't want to do this, not recovery. I just like life. Like, I just don't want to have to deal with the responsibilities that come along with life, not in a suicidal way or anything like that, just like in general. And that is normally when I have to check myself and be like, yo, dude, like something's off and you're not necessarily in the place where you need to be. And this could ruffle feathers um, too, but like, Jackie, if I'm not happy, it's my fault. Yeah. And it's not a self-help thing. It's like, if I'm not happy, I have all the tools in the world to keep me internally full, regardless of my external situation. And if, if, if I'm not happy, life happens and bad things happen and, and life can get stressful. But if I'm just in general, not happy, then I need to take a look at filling that spiritual cup. And yeah. um, it's cool to hear that you've, you've also done that. There's just, there's, there's so many ways to become happy if you're struggling in life. And I think the hardest way to do it is through spiritual growth because it can be kind of painful at times and it takes, it takes work. Like it takes work ethic, you know? Yeah. yeah. Hardest, but strongest. I would say it's funny. Like I can genuinely say that as long as I'm focused on my spirituality, as often as I can be, I feel strong and I feel calm and I feel happy. Um, it's the moment mm. that I kind of let the stress overcome me. And somebody actually explained it to me the other day as like, we live in a society that it's almost like you, you are trained that carrying so much weight deserves a badge of honor. Um, mm -hmm. and in reality, like, what does that actually mean? Like, okay, look what I can accomplish in a day. Look how much I can carry at once. And that's the exact place I was in 10 years ago. And, and if I reflect on my own self, when I was, you know, trying to help you as much as I realized I couldn't really help, but I was, I wanted to physically be there. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and what it was doing was, was drowning myself. And I was wearing it as a badge of honor to wake up every day and say, I can do like, I can figure this out. I can help. I can be at the detox. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, say all the right things to Chris to try, right. To try and, and move the needle. And, um, and you know, at, at that time, that's what I knew. I just haven't really ever reflected back until we started this podcast. And now that I have been, I go, wow, I, I actually, I, I exhausted myself. I didn't leave room for, you know, some things in my own life. And then, um, I, I wore that as a badge of honor, um, all the weight and mm -hmm. never really dealt with things that came along with that. And so anyways, it's, it's a really interesting thing to hear you say that, you know, the, the spiritual growth is what really grounds you as well. And I, I think that should be, and, and is probably likely the case for everybody, um, just to find mm -hmm. a focus in life that, that makes you, helps you be your best self and, and really brings you back to center. Absolutely. Yep. So then on the topic of, you know, the last 10 years and in your recovery, what do you think is the biggest lesson you've learned? I think, you know, even, even in more recent years, I mean, do you feel like you're continuing to grow in it? Um, or what lessons do you feel like you've learned through sobriety, um, and through recovery? That's a, that's a really good question. And I feel like my answer would be different three years ago, um, or two years ago, because I would just, I don't know. It's funny. Like as you get older, you, you, you're forced to go through more in life, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you have to That's go through amazing. more in life because yeah, because it's, it's, 
life hits you and you have to go through difficulties. And as you get older, more responsibilities. I don't think there's a specific lesson that I've learned in life um, that that really pops out to me other than the fact that like I still have so much that I need to learn. Um, for example, I mean, like when you get into a serious relationship, you know, like there's there's things about yourself that you don't really know about until they pop up and then you're forced to take a look at them and, and grow from them. Mm-hmm. And before, you know, when I was younger, I wasn't really in a position where I really cared about that because it wasn't something that I really was on the radar. Work, like things with work, like how to treat people. Uh, you know, I went from not having a college degree and not really um, having any experience in, in in the corporate world or the professional world to managing a team full of 20 people in Dublin, Ireland, and like learning about things that I don't like about how others are treated in corporations and, and learning what I did like about how others were treated in corporations and what worked and what, di- what didn't work and carried that to my own business now. And, and I've like, you know, been walked all over as an employer. And I've, I've also um, learned that like, I don't know. It's just, it's so interesting how every single day I'm, I'm learning new things and I'm so grateful that I'm aware and awake to those things. And I think the biggest lesson that I've learned since I got sober is that I, I still don't know anything. Like I, I, I really don't. And as soon as I start feeling like I know everything, that's when the ego gets involved and when, you know, I, I can start to get into trouble and, and start to mess things up because left to my own devices, I screw things up. And that's why I think this whole spiritual piece is so big is because, you know, I, I need some type of guidance outside of my own mind to, to do um, powerful things in this world and good things in this world and, and, and go to bed at night and actually have some clarity around like why I'm here and what I'm doing. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you've alluded to this a little bit um, at the beginning of our conversation, but on Saturday, I assume you will go to a meeting and pick up a 10 year chip, which, you know, uh, is that correct? Is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really weird. I, um, I still attend meetings every week. Um, I have to, because I have to stay active. I, over the past few years, didn't really, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this. I didn't really like look forward to going and picking up a chip. It wasn't that I didn't want to. It just wasn't that I was like, what? Like I, I remember waking up, I think on year like seven or eight, like in like not even knowing that it was, it was seven or eight years sober because it's, it's been such a natural, like when you first get sober, you're like, Oh my God, I've got 27 days sober. Oh my God. I've got, you know, 12 months sober. I've got 18 months sober. And like, you're almost like counting down the days of of like, and it's not a, a lack of care now. It's just like, I know that this is the way that I have to live for the rest of my life because it does good for myself and good for others Yeah, that like, it is very powerful 
and Saturday will be very powerful. It'll be like, dude, and it'll probably hit me differently because it's like, wow, like you've been sober for a decade, you know? (laughs) Um, I think that's pretty gnarly. (laughs) Like, he's like, wow, you've been, you're 30 years old. You've been sober for a third of your life. Weird. Like just kind of a weird, a weird deal. But, um, I went to a meeting last night and I wasn't really sure if I was going to go pick up a, a 10 year chip or not until last night. They, they said there's a meeting on Saturday, you know, you guys should come it's at six o'clock and I was like I'm gonna go do that I'm gonna go because it's not about it's not about me celebrate it really Jackie it's not about me celebrating the fact that I've been sober for 10 years it's about someone else seeing that it's possible yes and I also think that it and this is kind of where I was going with this is it's your life has become manageable to the point that I think the misconception with sobriety and recovery is that you think about it all the time. You're constantly, you know, anticipating, you know, the 10 year, or it's this huge thing that we all make it. And, and, you know, again, we've talked about the fact that it's a huge deal for us because we are so proud of you and you've committed to something for this long and you've made yourself better as a human being, but in your, in your life, it's, it's, it's just, you've changed your life for the better. And, and it's just part of your routine now that you focus on yourself enough Mm -hmm. that it doesn't feel like a big deal. Is that fair? That's very fair. Like I'm, I am very proud of it. And I tell it's weird because right now I'm saying like, Oh, it's not a big deal. Like it may come across that way. Like, but I do, I tell almost every single person that I meet, if I have a real conversation with another human being, they will find out that I have been sober for a certain amount of time. And I used to be a heroin addict because I think that it's, I don't think that everyone has to do this. It's not my perspective towards if Look, if you're in recovery and you don't really want to tell everybody, I don't see anything wrong with that. But personally, I just kind of like, ever since like, really, I moved to Texas and got sober. I was like, I'm like, I need to tell everybody about this, not out of a place of like cockiness, but out of a place of like, the more people I tell, the more people are going to potentially be able to like find a solution to it. And so I tell pretty much everybody that I meet that I've been sober for a certain amount of time, which would sound like I'm so proud of it, but I think it really goes back again to the fact that like, uh, it is a working part of my life and I stray away from it sometimes and have bad experiences spiritually and personally when I do stray away from it. But I know for a fact that this is something that I've committed to for the rest of my life. And I'm not, I'm, I am genuinely committed to it. Like it's, it's, it is my life, you know, Um, it it just is. So I don't count down the days and um, I am proud of the fact that it's been a decade, but I I do not sit there and, and, and look at the calendar and and say like, Oh my God, only one month until I've been sober for this long, because it's, it's just what's expected. You know, like I expect myself to do it. Right. And I think that's a, a huge testament to the way that you've been guided through recovery by the people that have, have welcomed you with open arms and taught you the way that they have. Right. I mean, it's like you, you found the solution that works for you and, and now it creates, you know, a, a world for you that once, you know, at one point was, stressful and filled with fear and anything you want to talk about and now has 
allowed you to maintain control. And, um, and I just think it's helpful for people listening because, you know, we, we dramatize addiction, although it is a dramatic thing, you know, for a number of people. And I also think that it's really helpful to hear that, you know, you can get to the point where you're, you're great in life and you're not, you're not thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I'm in full anticipation of Saturday, 10 years, you're excited about it and you're proud of it, but it's not, um, it's not the main driving factor in your life. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I do, just like you said, I give kudos to the men and women. There's women out there that, that are huge circuit speakers that speak and, and carry the exact same message. And I give huge kudos to all of those people because when I first tried to get sober, and this is not knocking these people, it's what they were told and blah, 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 blah. But there is a, a large group of people out there that they use the cliches of you're supposed to stay sober one day at a time. And mm-hmm. for the rest of my life, I'm going to stay sober one day at a time. And that's stressful to me. It's stressful to me. And it makes me wonder if I'm actually going to be able to stay sober for good. And the message that was carried to me when I got sober this last time, 10 years ago was, are you ready to get sober for good and for all? Are you ready to get sober for the rest of your life? And it's kind of like, it's it's kind of not really letting you off the hook at that point, because mm-hmm. it's kind of letting you know, like, are you going to commit to this or not? you know, and, and am I going to commit to recovery and commit to the idea of, of living a spiritual life one day at a time to ensure that I stay sober for the rest of my life. And that's kind of why the one day at a time was first brought to the table was, was more so of a, like, we live one day at a time. Like we, we live day by day, but we don't stay sober day by day. We stay sober for good. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That makes sense that, yeah, I could see that like the staying sober one day at a time. It's, it's almost like that, that sounds the way that you say that it sounds like, okay, I have to walk on eggshells constantly now. Right. I have to really be, mm-hmm. really be wanting this. That's, that's and listen, that might work. That might work for some people. Yeah. It really, it really might. And, and I'm not saying that in a, in a sideways manner, like some people may need to say like, I just need to stay sober today to be okay. Um, personally, my experience, I have never had to tell myself that I was going to stay sober just today. And it's not because I got sober when I was young. It's not because, um, I went through a phase and need to just like, I am the real deal alcoholic and drug addict, like in a major way. And I, I have been given the tools to stay sober for good. And as long as I do them on a daily basis, I don't stress out if I'm going to stay sober today or not. Yeah. Okay. Two more questions and then we can scoot. Um, my first is more out of curiosity. And I've heard this question before. Um, and truly, I think for perspective of those who haven't been through what you have, um, do you ever feel today, like in, in your recovery, do you ever have moments where you feel ashamed of the things you went through before you recovered? No. I went through some pretty gnarly stuff and have done things that I'm not proud of and experienced things that I'm not proud of. And, and, 
um, seen some dark things and, and stolen from people and blah, 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 blah. And I have genuinely made amends part of, part of the program that I, I think my answer would be different if the amends were not a, a thing, Jackie. Yeah. Um, but I have made amends to everybody that I could have made amends to. And I don't have any shame around anything that I've done in the past. I, I, re- I really don't. That's great. For today and your life now, um, you celebrating 10 years of recovery on Saturday. What are you just, what are you proud of in your life? Like what, what would you say makes you happy today? Probably the fact that when someone asked me to do something, I feel like I do a pretty good job of doing that now. And in the past, I, I, would have said what you wanted to hear and then not done it. Um, I mean, am I a man of my word a hundred percent of the time and, and without fail, never make mistakes? No, but I feel like I'm an honest man. I'm a loyal man. And I know that my friends and family can rely on me if they need anything. Like if, if, if anyone I always said like, oh, he's the type of guy that if you called him at two o'clock in the morning, he would show up at your house and be there for you. Like, that's what I want. Like, I feel like I've proven to myself that like if anyone contacted me at any given time and they were like, and there was a, you know, they really needed me and it wasn't like out of, you know, the ordinary, like I, I would drop everything and do that for them. And and I'm not, I'm too selfish of a person to the core to to actually be like that. But this program has shown me how to be that type of person through like a psychic change. And the other thing is that I think it's pretty cool that that like the amount of people that we're able to help. I know that we talk about that so much, but I think it's pretty cool that I have like the not the cure, but the um I have the ability to take somebody if they actually want to be sober mm-hmm. and sit down with them after they've been detoxed from whatever they're addicted to or, or whatever, and walk them through step-by-step step how to stay sober for the rest of their lives. And I think that that is, um, that's a huge responsibility. And, and I think that that's something that moving to Fort Worth has been pretty cool because it's kind of reinvigorated me to, to get out there and look for as many people to help as I can. And, and, um, I've started sponsoring a lot of, of men since I came out here and it's a good feeling like for people to, I don't know, um, be able to get better from something so terrible that you went through in the past, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, that's what Saturday is about then. Right. I mean, when, when, and it's, funny that you say like, it's kind of tough, you know, in reaction when someone's is like, Oh my gosh, 10 years. But I think what it's doing and what that represents from my perspective, at least is you are a symbol of hope for a lot of people. Um, and I think it's the case for anybody that's gone through anything that is deemed serious or intense or whatever Mm -hmm. you might want to say hard. Um, to see somebody go through something so terrible and find a way out um, or get through whatever it is in whatever way, um, it's a symbol of hope. And I think that's what we all kind of look for, especially like around this time, there, there's a lot of heavy and 
and to me, at least that is what you should keep in mind on Saturday when you get 8 million messages about how proud people are of you and how excited they are for you, because it is truly bigger than you. And, and you represent, um, through, you know, what you've been through, you represent something really powerful. And I, and I think that is super special to think about when you can consider how low of a point you were at. And at that mm -hmm. moment, wouldn't realize that it would turn into something that, um, is, is, something that others would look from afar and say, you know, he's been through this and done this, like maybe I can fill in the blank, do, do this thing or get through this. And, and I think that's to me what Saturday represents. Yeah. Like I, I will post, um, that I've been sober for 10 years on Saturday and I genuinely won't feel proud when it's kind of weird i will not feel proud when somebody says like congratulations that's an amazing milestone i it doesn't mean that i don't want people to say that because i think like that's great if you're proud and stuff that's amazing i genuinely will only put that online because i hope to god that at least one person will ask for help just yeah. one at least one person will ask for for help and see like dude, I remember you 10 years ago and you were pretty, excuse my language, whatever, you were pretty screwed up. And now you're, you're like, it's been 10 years and you've stayed sober and like, you have a good life, you know, like, I think, I think that I can do this too. And if yeah. that happens, then I will feel proud, you know? That's great. Yeah. Um, and, so and thanks for, it. thanks for chatting with me today about it. I know you don't love the, and I know it is not, at a, it's not about glorifying you or what, you know, you have done, it truly is about exactly what you just said, which is talking, having a conversation that hopefully gets to the, the people that need to hear it. And, um, and yeah. so I appreciate you taking the time to reminisce and, and share some stories. And I'm glad we got to mention Stu as well. I know we haven't talked, you know, about him prior, but, um, lots of mm -hmm. incredible people in your life, lots of people who, you know, you have helped. And, um, I just think it's, going to be cool for me for sure on Saturday to just to, to think back further. I'm super proud of you and can't say enough about how um, thrilled I am for not only who you've become, but for what you've taught so many people. So um, that's my two cents. Well, thank you. And I think that it's all very positive and I don't like look at it with disgust, like, oh, don't congratulate me. I just, it it <laughs> is uncomfortable and it's weird. Yeah. It's like, I'm not it's and it's not even an attempt to be humble like it's genuinely like i don't really know how to feel about that <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of funny i don't know i've never really explained it in words um uh but i also don't want people to not say anything not for selfish reasons i just I, if people feel proud and and whatever i want them to express that and feel that and and stuff i just um it's, it's just kind of weird. I don't know. It's yeah, a weird no. thing. You're right. Though. <laughs> a, uh, a decade is, is re a really cool milestone, no matter what it is. So uh, it's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. 10 years. is a, It's a long time. It's it been is. a long. It's been a really long time and it went by really fast, like life. really, really fast. <laughs> life is. Life yeah. Is <laughs> well, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm growing old quickly and other people are <laughs> like, you're not even close to that, but I can feel it. I know like a life is starting to go by fast and it's scary.
It is. You've always been an old soul too. Uh, but yeah, I'm an old soul. Anyways, Chrissy. Well, thanks for the time as always. Um, I can't wait to see you hopefully soon. And, um, and thanks for all you do. And, and certainly we'll be thinking about you Saturday and, um, can't wait to give you a big old hug, um, in celebration. So thank you. I love you very much. Thank, thank you for like everything, everything thanks. you're, you're ridiculous. Same to you, my brother, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, sounds good. Love you. Love you too.